Seven, come in. She pressed the transmit button again, her mouth dry. Zero six, we're here, over. The others responded, two patrols from the city centre and one from the county force. The armed response unit isn't available, the operator said. 9070 is on its way. Hoffman, you're in charge until the command unit gets there. We need a considered response. Hold some units back. We'll form a ring around the location, get cars in place. All units to approach in silence. At that moment, a patrol car swung into Bondegarten from the other direction. It stopped a block away, the headlights going out as the engine was switched off. Nina opened the car door and stepped out, her footsteps echoing in the street. She pressed her earpiece into her left ear as she opened the boot. Shield and batten, she whispered to Anderson, as she tuned it to frequency 06 on the handheld radio. At the next block, she saw two policemen get out of their car. 1980, is that you over there? She said quietly into the microphone on her right shoulder. Affirmative, an officer replied, raising his hand. You're coming in with us, she said. She ordered the other patrols to take up positions at opposite corners of a square, to ensure they had all lines of sight covered, one at the corner of Skurnagarten and Sodomanagarten, the other on Erstjörtegarten. Anderson was rummaging around among the bandages, fire extinguishers, shovels, flares, lamps, antiseptic gel, cordon tape, warning triangles, paperwork and other clutter that was stuffed into the boot. 1617 to control, she said. Do you have a name for the person who called in, over? A short silence. Erlandson, Gunnar, second floor. She noted a light in a kitchen on the second floor. He's still up. We're going in. The other officers came over, introducing themselves as Sundström and Landian. She nodded curtly and tapped in the entry code on the keypad beside the door to the apartments. None of the others reacted to the fact that she knew it. She stepped through the door, turning down the volume on the radio to barely audible. Her colleagues filed in silently behind her. Anderson, the last to enter, wedged the door open so that they could retreat to the street quickly if need be. The stairwell was dark, deserted. The only source of light came from the lift, seeping through the oblong glass window in the metal door. Is there a courtyard? Landian muttered. Behind the lift, Nina whispered. The door on the right leads to the cellar. Landian and Sundström each checked a door. Both were locked. Open the lift door, she said to Anderson. He wedged it wide so no one would be able to use it, then stopped by the stairs and awaited her order. She could feel panic thudding at the back of her head and calmed herself with words from the police rulebook. Make an initial evaluation of the position. Secure the stairwell. Speak to the man who made the call and find out where the suspected shooting occurred. Okay, let's take a look, she said, and headed quickly up the stairs floor by floor. Anderson followed her, keeping one flight below her. The stairwell was gloomy. Her movements were making her clothes rustle in the silence. There was a smell of cleaning fluid. Behind the closed doors she could sense the presence of other people without hearing voices. A bed creaking, a tap running. There's nothing here, no danger, everything's fine. Finally, slightly out of breath, she reached the flats on the top floor. It was different from the others, with a marble floor and specially designed security doors. She knew that the Housing Association had renovated the attic space as luxury apartments in the late 1980s.
just in time for the crash in property prices. The flats had stood empty for several years, almost bankrupting the association. Today, of course, they were ridiculously expensive, but she remembered Julia telling her that David was still angry about the previous committee's poor judgment. Anderson came up behind her, panting heavily. Looks like a false alarm. Nina sensed his disappointment as he wiped his forehead. Let's hear what the man who called has to say, she replied, and went back downstairs. Sundström and Landin were waiting on the second floor, beside a door marked Erlandsson, G and A. Nina stepped up to the door and knocked quietly. No response. Anderson shifted his feet impatiently behind her. She knocked again, considerably louder. A man in a blue and white striped toweling dressing gown appeared at the crack behind a heavy safety chain. Gunnar Erlandsson, police, Nina said, holding up her badge. You called about...